you know, one day, one day I wonder if if we will eventually hear the same siren on all of our uh, as it passes by all of New York City. Yeah, if there's just if there's one ambulance going down Fulton, very likely that it would catch all of our broadcast, all of our mics, except for our Manhattanite. Yeah. Well, yeah. Go, go, really, go to Manhattan, Fulton, too. You know, I guess <laughs> yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't really. There'd have to be like a catastrophic event for that many, for, for a thing to be traveling that far. But it would be incredible content. Hello, guys. Patrick is here. Hello, hello. Patrick is here. I'm just landed in the USA. I'm so excited to join your club. Episode 176 of View from 202. After a casual, uh, you know, nothing, no, no questions asked, no problems. Win over Toronto FC 2-0. Uh, Brit is here. Sam is here. Cork is here. Peaches is here. Am I forgetting anyone else? Is anyone else here? I don't Fred? know. Maybe Fred and oh, Marty. Oh, Fred, Fred and Marty are here. That's that's true. Very true. They they may actually interrupt the show if they get too excited about the. Uh, chords but there's, I, there's someone else who might be here it's in the back of my mind but maybe we'll think of it later um how are you guys doing it's 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 the week after the review reunion between two of you in red bull arena right we've all been to red bull arena now right yeah yeah all, actually all three of us saw each other well there's one <clears throat> there's there's hold on there's one reunion that has not been met with red, red bull arena and sam will explain it later but no okay wait what what, what is that Oh, I just forgot my souvenir cup. Oh my god! <laughs> you forgot your souvenir. Uh, I, I forgot. I forgot that you forgot, and you were trying to brush it off. In the in the okay, so what happened? What had happened was in, in the the rush to get back to Red Bull Arena and forgetting how timings for schedules and things worked, and in my frenzy in the morning, because we had to leave in the morning for this one PM game, even though Sam kind of came twenty minutes late. Um, was hey, that? Uh, what? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've that, all, that, we've that, all that, been like an hour late for a Red Bulls game before. It's on brand mm-hmm. for, for yeah, us. Because exactly. I have to say, it's, I, it's I do. Fine. I don't doubt how or why this happened. Just, you know, you don't, you don't have to give me the blow by blow. I, I believe you that you forgot your cup, that it happens. Yeah, but this, I, I mean. This horse's blood does not come out of my sheets easily. So, like, you need to really is, pick no, it up. I know. I recognize that I just blew the most important segment on this podcast. Well, so no, you've, you've, you haven't blown the segment. You've just potentially cost, you know, the the... <laughs> everyone who bet early lots and lots of money maybe somebody's gonna oh, lose a hand or something maybe now. it's fixed you should yeah. look into you have it to, you have to now like double your intake at this rate uh, yeah. of soda every game to 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 be to get back on track so went all in on you <laughs> going in five weeks <laughs> i have to say if if the bathroom lines at red bull arena are like they were when we were leaving the stadium then i i'm all for it you know was it bad 
No, it was fine. Like you can just like oh, okay, yeah. you only yeah you only needed to wait it for like wait for like two people to get to a. The stall. other week when I went, I I pretty I went to a bathroom that I I had no idea existed. I just like I had to go immediately, and I looked in from the gate, and there's some random bathroom that almost looked like it was for like the referees or something. I don't even know if I was allowed to go. But such is the wonders of nearly empty RBA. But wait, did you guys run into each other outside the arena after the game? No, I actually went uh, to no, the same section. Um, yeah. I walked all the way over from 202 to 228. Um, but, you know, speaking of things that don't exist, both of us were in, we were watching from the section where the secret concourse is. So that was exciting. Oh. Yeah, that was great. Um, <clears throat> I thought I did see you at 202 for a little bit. Um, and then I, I started watching the game and then all of a sudden I, 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 you weren't there anymore. And then I looked over <laughs> and you were walking over to me. I was like, ah, all right, there you go. Yeah. Um, so we, we sat in two. two. Yeah, yeah. We sat in two twenty eight for the first half. Then we went and got our free shit. Um, we got our corksicle uh, thermos. Uh, I got a mouse pad uh, for Ooh. my Red Bull, my members plus points. Uh, so, so you know, definitely worth it. Um, and then our season ticket boxes. And then we went over and said hi to Cork in his. Uh, uh, like on field seats, which are sick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, we saw I, the your shirt, my boss uh, brother's seats. What's the up? prawn sandwich, the, the the prawn buffet. Yeah, yeah. I realize what I've been. Prawn, I've the been, prawn and waffles were good. <laughs> I've, I've basically just been doing the golden hand gag from Atletico Mints with Cork here about the prawn sandwiches, but I. I does that mean I'll stop? No, I'll keep on. Um, but that's good. Wait, did you actually get a ticket in 202? Or did you just post uh, up there? Uh, no, that uh, was yeah, my Peaches, section. Peaches, Peaches mm-hmm. did. <clears throat> um, so we sat there for the second half. Um, it was, uh, it was good, good to be back. Wow. Yeah, I got second row of uh, 202. Um, if you this... enter from the uh, two, well, the 201-202 side, our sticker is still there. It's still there. That is funny. We didn't even put it there, right? No, we did. We definitely did. Yeah. No, no, we didn't. No, legally we didn't. Right, but we right, did. right. The artist mm-hmm. known as Banksy did. The artist collective known as Banksy. Yeah. Um, and we tried to disavow that as as cringe and bad, obviously. <laughs> uh, well, you guys, you guys did a. We're, we're obviously the. Good luck charm, right? No, just kidding. We don't need a good luck charm. We we fucking rock this game. We uh very easy, very two no win. Could have been done. more. Yeah, yeah no, literally. Well, eh. there was like I, one yeah, chance I, in the beginning. I, I would just, agree in general. Ne- never before, doubt. Yeah. Before we break too far into it, I do just want to. Well, since you said good luck charm, I want to mention that I ran in or not ran into because I like I didn't talk to him or anything, but I walked past Eugene Merman walking to the path train on saturday and i think he's our good luck charm i Whoa, need to find him. is that i need to find him before every game it took me a second to realize this wasn't a bit no no i, it, I you know I, i'm big, just not used to, used to these kind of interactions of that you manhattan manhattanites lead in your right life, you i know? mean i i'm i'm you know reconning the you know the spiritual happenings of manhattan into mm-hmm. the red bulls so that's just my my input for the day. That's my game day experience for this mm-hmm. week. Inshallah, and, uh, on the way to MLS Cup, you will run into Richard Kind on the path. That's that's how we'll the know. plan. Yeah. That's 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 the playoff plan. 
Mm -hmm. But regular regular season plan is Merman. Yeah. All right. Great. Thank you, Eugene, for blessing us with your passage through the Oculus. Um, fantastic. You're right. It's not us. It's obviously character actors of Manhattan. The most the most treasured and endangered. Re- Actually, probably not endangered, but the most treasured resource Manhattan has. They're going to bring um, us back from COVID. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Peaches, I agree overall that it was never in doubt, but uh, let's just jump into it, I guess. For th- There was that period at the beginning of the match where we started passing out the back, and I mean like really passing out the back this week, because we said last week, oh, we can kind of see, you know, what Cornell's involvement's going to be, first glimpse of that. This week was like even further. Mostly the same personnel. In fact, all entirely the same personnel, just white for Barlow, and Barlow's out for a knock, right? Mm-hmm. So then... You see them really pinging around in the back, doing, doing, inviting some pressure from the the front three of Toronto, which I have to say, in my opinion, it seems like you know the Toronto press, so called press, did, did seem to mostly amount to the front three, right? Like attacking, the, there often was a lot of space between the two, mm-hmm. and there were there were a couple moments there where uh, got some deflections, got some got some close calls. Got some bad judgments here or there, too. Um, and it, I have to say, led to the only real chances that Toronto had on the night. And even then, even then, looking, for instance, at that chance that Akinola took, very weird shot, very poor shot. And all the summaries I've read, everyone's every, you know, mentioned that they had one shot on goal. And I'm hard-pressed to remember what it was. Does anyone even remember what their shot on goal was? Yeah, there was there was some moment like uh, like in maybe middle of the first half where where Bradley uh, kind of swept a weak shot through from outside the box, but it just rolled into Cornell's hands. It wasn't really anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, there was just that one weird Akinola thing that you mentioned. Yeah, I don't even looking back at it. I'm like, I don't. I guess he just hit it wrong. It's it's a very weird shot. We got it. And then there was another. Akinola was generally terrible, like his his yeah. movement and like battling with Long and stuff. Just not impressed. But yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> that team in general was very unimpressive. I feel yeah. like from tip to tip. Like I was Michael surprised. Bradley was the only one who seemed to make an impact at all. Yeah. When I, I was surprised when I, I looked up Akinola after the match, and I, I assumed I thought he was one of their you know academy guys because Toronto does have a lot of academy guys, partially to be compliant with, you know, the, the local domestic player rule, but I think they've signed actually the most. I was surprised to see he's not one of their Academy guys. I don't think. And and he's not from Canada. Oh, he is. He's, 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 he's a U.S. international. I was going to, okay. He's not from Canada. Well, I think he was born in Detroit, but like grew up in the Ontario side. Oh yeah. Or something like that. So yeah, he's like one. I forget border that I forget. Right. Yeah, he's but yeah, regardless, he's was just like, yeah, I don't know what he does. <laughs> um, Apologies, I did some bad Wikipediaing earlier. I'm doing better Wikipediaing now. I see now. Okay, you're right. Yeah, I don't <laughs> understand why anyone would uh not want to give buffs to Big Gretch and go to Ontario. That sounds awful. North, yeah, it's just more Ohio. Disgusting. <laughs> um, but yeah, not very good. And then it was um. Was he the guy who also missed a, a shot to the left like five minutes later? Not impressive. It, I they think all kind so, of yeah. merged together. But, well, like um, they, they had, I mean, not to like get bogged down in, in analyzing Toronto on the Red Bulls show, but it's like yeah. um, they, uh, 
yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it is kind of like, you know, 202 chatter to, to analyze Toronto's tactics pretty, <laughs> pretty painstakingly this time. But like, yeah, um, they're, they had this like, they had this like front three that were like miles away from each other. And like fucking, yeah. if he if he if he plans on rolling Josie out as a lone striker in that, oof, it's gonna be a horror show. I think. Wait, it was- do you think? Do you think Chris Armis listened to our episode about LA Galaxy talking about how they played wide and spread out? And no, just- man, because I doubt it. That looked high. That looked. I mean, like you know, beside the op, the literal no, but like just figuratively as well that looked so familiar to me those those three guys far up distant from the midfield waiting for stuff (laughs) very familiar um but there was so there were those couple moments you know that um that that akinola shot that i'm talking shit about was came off of a deflection from uh nihilus that was kind of typical of that like five to ten minute period and there was also kind of you know we were working it around our left corner, like you, you could see it felt to me or it came off to me like a, a deliberate sort of choice to integrate that more into the game. Now that there were four or five weeks into the season moving towards that, you saw Gootman mm-hmm. and uh, Long, you know, passing it around to each other and to Cornell. There was one sequence where Cornell, you know, they, they moved it around all right. We were dealing with the pressure all right. And then Cornell just put out a total hospital ball for Davis. And I'd say even if it was weighted correctly, you know, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think I really like that pass, even if he does it right. It, it was just a, it was very rusty. And I have to say, I'm very relieved that we didn't give him a cheapie there because it would have been so unearned. Yeah. But now that we got through it, I'm like, typical. I, yeah. And the, what, I, what I tweeted it at the half was, you know, I guess we have to rip off the Band-Aid at some point, right? And like getting some of this rust off. And my hope is that we, we build some poise and, and confidence from just going live with that sort of thing but i mean i, I, I just want to i want to reiterate that i had concerns about this playing out of the back business last week you didn't and, say that um, and i feel like it, it was pretty justified I, I i i think we were realizing that in order to pull this off we just really need to have um you know good plays into our center backs and our you know goalkeeper to try to find the men that we're trying to find to offset the balance of whatever we're trying to change the shape of this other team with. But I just don't think that right now, Aaron Long or Sean Nealis like did a mediocre or like a good job throughout the game. But I, I just don't think they have the assets or like the necessarily the right talents to fill this role right now. Um, so I, I suppose this is better. I but. suppose that is the question, right? Is it, is it, and you've already answered this, you know, that we just don't have it. It's not a good idea that we don't, the players aren't going to be able to do it. Or is it, you know, just our first time trying it in live game and, and they need some rust, uh, you know, kicked off. Like, you know, I, I mean, I if we can't break towards the ladder. The problem with me is like, if we can't break the press of the front three of Toronto, then like, what happens when a real team comes and and you know well like, i mean we did break it though we only we I mean, only yeah. didn't break it for for like about that early 10 minutes or so period i mean i guess we didn't really go to or we didn't have to because toronto was so weak and wasn't really getting into our half especially after halftime but um we didn't do as much of it maybe later on but i thought you know struber sounded pretty you know pretty uh, you know confident about it after the game and in saying that, you know, it's something that he does want to add to the team as far as, um, as, as a tool to, to, to rest. And, and, you know, cause I mean, 
it's it's easier for the rest of the team when you're kind of you know passing in the back and coming out that way instead of just constantly throwing long balls to chase out every time you're under pressure mm-hmm. um so there's that element of it and it's like it's not it's not like it's enough for Struber to just say that because you know he acts to actually you know execute it week after week and show that the team is is taking it on but um you know it's not enough to just say oh i have a plan yeah it has to actually be done but still um the fact that he had a rationale for it and you know had a little bit of like yeah you know i didn't like that either but it's part of the learning process like you know that's that's good enough for me especially in a game that we ended up winning so yeah, mm. yeah for sure especially because it's really reassuring that he's flexible enough to know yeah. like that you can just bypass the center um, and just di- do a diagonal long ball to relieve pressure almost for well, us you a know, lot. Which is, which is what, you know, I highlighted Cornell for, for having a questionable chance. And that is what he does in the second half, though, that leads to the second goal very well. So mm. I'm, I'm not just beating up on them. I think there was growth within the game itself. And I think, um, yeah, and I think like they were, li- the guys were literally, I think, just nervous and, and, just getting used to it, you know? Um, I think, and for me, th- this game, I think, was a much more concrete example of looking at, you know, like a uh, learning experience, so to speak, rather as opposed to, like, week two against LA, which, you know, it, it's not the biggest thing in the world. We're, we're basic, we're at the top of the table, or one point off the top of the table four weeks in. Everything is fine. Everything is good. It's I'm not complaining that we it's not the end of the world we drop points there but for me this week was a clear example of trying something and learning from it or like integrating it especially combined with last week whereas like week two i don't i, don't, I didn't see it as much we're like okay what did we really learn from three at the back well what did we you know like mm-hmm. maybe we got a negative reinforcement on something but this i was like oh, okay we're trying to integrate this more and more and it was a good week to do it because toronto were pretty bad at dealing with it and pretty bad at punishing us for it so i'm i'm pleased on the whole and i i don't know if i mean i i'd expect us to build on it more this week um and i'm glad that we tried it out against toronto instead of philly who are almost certainly uh likely to be a, a more competent lethal team than, than the toronto that we saw come in this week but i'll pause there but is, is there anything else in the first half but other than the goal that we should bring out in, in this period of passing at the back I think that covers it. I, I thought it was I like, mean, there's, yeah. there's like I the remember, goal itself. I mean, well, yeah. as far as, yeah. Um, well, I remember turning to Sam during the first half being like, I think in terms of like total chances created, it was pretty even, but it was like still obvious that we were the better team. And I think that was the main takeaway from the first half. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that covers it for the at the back portion, I should say. I think going forward, we were, we were showing some promise already. And I think even early on, what well, just, despite those uh, iffy moments, I was thinking that already it felt like the most ideas we'd sort of had going forward yet. I think in the previous weeks I'd, I'd been a little bit like, eh, okay, it doesn't look like we totally have, you know, a, a, a way of forcing goals or forcing the hand and uh, forcing their hand at it. Like a lot of our goals were kind of just opportune moments, but this one, Oh boy. And I think, I think really the, the first goal, that we had in the night was just, I think it was just so textbook. Like I, I, it just looks like everything we've been reading about. Right. Um, I think just the, the way that you see both of the strikers pressing, you see, you see white forcing the back pass, which then gets Fabio uh, putting pressure on. I don't know if it was Gonzalez, but it was one of their, their center backs. 
And to me, that 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 pressing that Fabio does was like just so instructive for me because it was it was obvious from the get go that Fabio was never going to win the ball himself, right? You know, I, I think last year in 2019, maybe the team it, it, you you wouldn't be um, faulted for viewing the team and thinking that oh, it's just it's just asking the striker to go win the ball and back passes like that. No, 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 no. It's all, it was really about just forcing. Gonzalez or whoever the right center back to to hurry and then passing it out wide for Clark then to go feast and dispossess uh the the right back and then running up and and just the exchange between Clark, Fabio, and then Frankie to finish it. Oh, like what what is there not to love on that, in my opinion? I thought it was just so so clinical. Yeah, it, it seemed like it seemed like too easy. Like I, I was, I was in kind of, even though it's not like it was like an amazing Golazo, like impossible goal. There mm-hmm. was, there was kind of a surrealness to it when it went in. Cause it was just kind of like, it's not supposed to be that easy, especially mm-hmm. for this team this early. It's not supposed to be that clean. Um, it looked like the Toronto players agreed with you. It's, it's reading yeah. their their body language. It's, they seem to be saying exactly that. It's not supposed to be that easy for them, guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, there's you know, it, you know, just you know, this is repeating what what Struber said himself after the game, but and, and what you were just touching on, Britt. Um, but I mean, maybe not, maybe not as far as the Fabio thing, but as far as like Clark, the counter pressing was the best that like I've ever seen from any Red Bulls team um, in this game uh, on, on Saturday, as far as just like immediately getting like, not, not, not just like the, the entire team, but just like individual guys. Like mm-hmm. if Clark or Fabio or any of these guys get stripped, they're immediately right on the guy's ass, like turning around immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really impressive and just can, and it has to be the result of like, you know, super deliberate training. And mm-hmm. it's just not something that, that, you know, you necessarily saw. I mean, we, we, we have, we never saw Fabio before, before this season, but mm-hmm. um, Clark, you know, it's definitely a new kind of edge to his game that you're seeing yeah. um, from what we saw at the end of last year. And, uh, um, you know, I, you know, he wasn't in this game, but I thought Barlow was really impressive in that the week before too. Mm-hmm. Um, so counter pressing just seems to be something that the team is really taking on and is enthusiastic about. Um, and then doing really well. And it's been at the root of some of our most dangerous offense so far this year. But, you know, the, the centerpiece so far being that Amaya goal. Yeah. Clark's best game in an RBNY shirt for me, I think, so far. And he, he played well last week, too. But this, yeah, this I mean, really I, was another level. I really think that this was the week where I started, you know, needing to learn to love Caden Clark. Or, like, you know, it, it, you buy into the hype a little bit more this week than. You know, if if he's just scoring oraldies every other week, that would have been fine with me too. But I think you really saw the value of the way that he counterpresses, the efficacy of it, and also just that, you know, he's really, I think, growing into uh, playing with the rest of the team better. Um, we really saw a integrated Caden Clark this week, I thought. Um, the goal, I mean, there was... It, it it like looked really easy, but I also just think there was a lot of finesse going around overall um, mm-hmm. that you know, like these, these players are kind of in form in, in a way I like, I particularly noticed when um, Fabio was laying off the ball to Amaya, the way when you watch the replay, like he put so much care and um, like 
effort into the the weighting of that ball and like it's a very slow like deliberate ball to amaya um and then you know that he's doing that like very deliberately so that's like very encouraging for me that he's able to execute something like that uh, i didn't catch such, that at like, first a couple of people were, were i think profe actually like five minutes after it happened like commented that it was that fabio was playing billiards and i thought he was just kind of referring to the way they're knocking around and it was only the the replay where i was like oh i see what he means like he like he just there was like no spin on it you know he just like toe poked it in, the, in that very clean kind of way that was nice and Pete, just to your, to your Clark thing, I think for me, maybe like the, the, the goals, the bangers were kind of like the frosting on the cake so much. And like this week was like, oh, we got into the cake. Like we finally, like, we got a bite of the real thing here. Like this is the substance. It was very exciting. No, for sure. I can see the, like before this week, I didn't really get it with the idea of European interest, but now it's like, yeah, if you can yeah. play like that in a team like that integrated, then yeah, I see it. Yeah, for sure. And then um, only only Frankie's second start, and you know, some similar to what we're saying about Clark, I think the the work beyond the goal was also very impressive. Uh, the guy did not need you know a month of training to to get on the same page. Did not need a month of games to get on the same page. He's he's already doing pretty good work with all these guys, which is which is very very nice to see. I think. And I know all the interviews or like uh, the media have been saying this, that you know, he wanted to come here or like he picked coming here in a way, but um, you know, it does feel like he wants to be here. And like, it was a very uh, thoughtful decision for him to come here uh, with his skill set. Yeah. I wonder if he's living in the, uh, in the same, you know, like street on like in Jersey city that I feel like everyone, <laughs> all the players live there. I think Somebody they all live in the same out. building, don't they? <laughs> there's, there's, I, I, yeah. There's some <laughs> condo complex in like Hoboken or Jersey city that a bunch of them are in. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's all of them, but. Somebody pointed out to me that they've probably already backfilled uh, Kaku's apartment. He's probably not in there, but, you know, who knows? Um, but, hey, I'd, I'd be happy if I moved from Cincinnati to the Jersey City waterfront, too, you know, um, even if every, it's COVID and everything's closed. But um, this, uh, maybe, maybe not, this is maybe the point where I'll step too far into being optimistic and, and thinking everything is brilliant. But I, just, I also just like that so many of our goals – so far this year, like Amaya's and then like CCJ's the other week, like just seem to be instances of guys like really just in the zone, focused and hitting it, slotting it home calmly. Like Amaya's goal was well taken. It was a nice hit to the, to the you know, in, straight into the back of the net. But it really just set his feet and was like, oh, right. And, and smacked it cleanly in the back of the net. Some of that is just pure talent and being a, you know, good striker of the ball i think but the other is that it just seems like we're back to playing that sort of way where guys do not need to think super hard about everything and i think the dangerous thing that the exciting thing about this match was that it made it look like we we do not have to create our most beautiful chance to score like i i in some ways i don't remember them because you remember the goals better but i it doesn't even feel like the two goals that we scored were our most beautiful or like threatening chances or and that feels really, really dangerous to me. That if we're able to score not even on our most dangerous chances, that has potential, I think, to really cause teams problems. So I, I am hoping to see more of that without, without um, setting my sights too, too high. I don't know. But yeah, that I think we've covered most of the first half. Um, 
but go in one nil uh promising first half i think and then we come out the second half brian white kind of picked up a knock um and had to come out of the game and royer slotted in as barlow was um not in the 18 due to injuries as well other than that i think we're, we're mostly the same until drew comes in at about the 65th minute mark ish and uh you know in my blurb for the player ratings this week i i put it that I, this feels like the moment where like Toronto's morale was already kind of flagging similar to the way that Chicago's was the week before. And it felt like when Drew came in and was fresh, that was the final straw. And they kind of just, just really uh, gave in there. And Drew ends up being the unofficial kind of assist on the second goal as he receives that, that ball from Cornell we mentioned earlier. And then he puts in Fabio who is saved by Alex Bono, but then, once again, both Clark and CCJ are basically racing each other to the ball, and Clark gets a tap in. Um, and I think, was it Egbo who tweeted he can score normal goals too, or he can score yeah. tap ins too? <laughs> <laughs> Glad to see that everyone's in on the phenomenon. But Clark seems to be popular with the English guys in particular. <laughs> <laughs> Egbo. Yeah. Um, I'm glad, even though he's not he getting must, minutes, he I'm must listen to adding, oh, yeah. I'm glad he's uh, adding personality to this team that hasn't had it in a little bit. I do feel like it's a, it's a some, it's a thing. I feel like for British people sometimes to be very amused and charmed when they when they meet someone who, to them, like really like it typifies like an American like when they yeah, it's just yeah, like such an extreme American they're like so amused by that which you know I, I'm sure there's we a kid named Caden Clark yeah <laughs> he looks this like this guy's the, name is fucking Caden Clark yeah. and he does this he's got this curly hair he, uh, yeah he really does look like central casting like you know yeah. the like all American like you know not even it's like it's like the new 21st century letterman jacket kid like he, yeah, he was he a, has, he's like been in shows with Cole Sprouse or something. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. He's not, you know, because like Alex Muel would he's, have been he's, a little he's, too. He's a live strong bracelet made for, made flesh. Yes, yeah. yeah. Whereas Ooh, like, wow. if they had been around to meet Muel, they would have been like they would have been thrown off by Muel's inherent Manhattan kidness, which is yeah, which is a exactly. very specific energy that. Uh, Cork, you're, I feel like you you've. You have a weird quotient of Manhattan kidness, having having been in and out of Manhattan as a kid. So you, you I, I feel safe in in saying it's weird around you without implicating. Yeah, I, English English people hate me. Like yeah, so yeah, yeah, but uh, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a fun moment. Glad to see the team rejoice. And then look, last last fifteen minutes, uh, brutal, brutal, all over them. Really uh, could have scored three or four. Omir also probably gets a, literally the closest, but felt like we were half step away from from creating something just the whole time. Toronto really kind of packs it up and gives it in. And for me, maybe I'll just I'll I'll end the exposition by saying, love to see an even more extreme version of what we saw against Chicago. Just very very pleasing. Love to see it, but not to get uh, too sentimental. But there's something about like the team attacking the South Ward side 
in, yep. in the end of the game that like you know um we were sitting in 202 for this part um so it was like i don't know like that, that feeling doesn't you know like it doesn't it's one of those things that you always like look for and then when it happens mm -hmm. or like when it's going on you're just like you're just like in it and you're like you feel like you're part of it almost and it's like there's a, a real rhythm that builds um mm -hmm. not only like in the team but like you know, on the supporters, obviously, like smaller supporter sections, but you could still hear drums going and like you could still feel the excitement when they come towards you and they literally get nearer and they get bigger, yeah. like actually get bigger and become like more heroic in a way. It's, it's, yeah, I think it's poetic. That, people were getting, and I miss that. Yeah, people were getting animated in the uh, upper, upper bowl too, uh, which is really, which is good to hear. Um, <clears throat> I made the comment to Peaches and I think I'm sure everybody agrees, just like stepping foot back in the stadium again after this long uh, is just such a really, it's a great feeling. Uh, and it makes you just kind of realize how much you missed watching soccer in person mm -hmm. uh, and how you had just gotten used to watching it like on a laptop or like a fucking phone. Uh, and you just like little dots kind of just running around and like, you can get kind of, you can get into it, but like, it just doesn't compare to like being in the stadium. And I just, I had forgotten what that was like until I walked in and I, I think we did the same thing where we walk in toward the main entrance, but we really love walking past the press mm -hmm. area and like walking into the game itself. Yeah. Um, and that was just a really great feeling. Uh, so it was, it was good to be back, but it peaches you're exactly right. That energy kind of swelled. Uh, in the second half. And it just reminds me of like the only team that ever gets us to attack the wrong side is like always New, New England. England. Always. I, I think Philly's done it once or twice. I think. Orlando's done it once before, a couple yeah. times before too. Yeah. yeah they but know like, it's honestly, how to fuck with us. I don't know. Yeah. Those, those really are. Yeah. 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 I, I have like, I, it's like a weird, like bad dream that I have, just like bad fever dream. And like part of it involves. The, the, the other side. no it does it actually does it's against new england and they both <laughs> fucking coin and we we have to attack the the wrong way uh, and it's terrible and i hate it uh and so no i i love it when i love that they they attack yeah. the right way uh this time it stings the most with new england i think because they I'm fairly certain they did it in 2014 and i i, I feel like it did legitimately throw us off a bit because I'm pretty sure we we conceded an early-ish goal in that game. Um, How much do you want to bet? I remember Toronto, that game. That was Toronto like... won. Toronto won the coin toss this time, and Armis <laughs> was oblivious to it all. <laughs> no, Armis is like, like... guys, we can get the ball first. We get the ball <laughs> first. <laughs> no, I honestly, I feel like the the sides thing is one of those things that Armis would like try in like a cheesy kind of way like make sure you hit their hands they give up a lot of penalties like that we're kind gonna of thing. get the ball and we're gonna score first <laughs> you get the first i, I think i remember that new england game brit that's the one where dak scored right yeah we we were all we were all there i remember yeah. as well because i i made the mistake of i bought tickets for the game through like some sort i had like a ticket rep call me once and i just i i bought tickets from once or twice and I called him back, but it turned out that he was like from like the central MLS ticket, like pool office or whatever. And then like a couple weeks later, he called me like, Oh, sorry. Like we screwed up. Like we were not supposed to sell those tickets. So basically we didn't sell tickets. So then we got a new set of tickets for four times as much. So I'm still <laughs> mad about it. 
but I do remember being there. We were at like the other side of the stadium. It was all we were on the wrong side of the stadium. That's yeah. how we fucked like up next, it was. We were like near the away support, right? We were like two twenty two or something. Like it was yeah it was that area. Everything Oof. was out of whack. That was that it was, broken ugh. game. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, but yeah, I felt I felt that this feeling against Chicago last week. And let's be honest, Chicago are, are nobodies right now. No, couldn't tell you one person on their team right now uh, off the top of my head. So, you know, with it being, it's, I don't know if there are more people, but with being Toronto, being another weekend of the season, it looked like it was even more that way this week. So and I think, especially when we, if we, it, it's a little different now with the way we play now, but it's still, true a little bit and but it was particularly true like 2015 and 16 where we get in the habit of like really like being down in our own corner in the south ward for like five to ten minutes at a time and and the other you know just like forcing corner after corner and and getting thrown after throwing we do a kind of a version but we're a little bit more dynamic and vertical now but that is really i think when the crowd feasts on energy it's it's really really fun but yeah um I think I think just real quick to to steal from my colleague Ross Haley, um, something he mentioned to me that I thought was pretty pretty cogent about this game and the last two games um, is how you know as far as the answers that we've gotten about where the team is right now that maybe it's a little early to do to start you know expecting us to to win the league, compete for the shield, all that kind of stuff. Maybe maybe a little early for that, but what we maybe do know about the team after these two wins now is that it's a team that will get the easy three points. Mm. Um, we're, we're mm. not going to be playing down to other teams levels. Um, we're, we're not going to fall into those traps the way seem to be frequent um, in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one kind of like landmark you can maybe take from this game. Yeah. As Davis said in the, in the match day video that they released after the fact for the post the preseason game when other teams come in here they lose or like you know no nobody gets points mm, in the south yeah. they're starting to follow through on it after the rough first week but that also reminds me that I, in just one of the short press conference clips of toronto i caught it was so nice to hear again this this time from chris mavinga oh you know it's never easy playing here at red bull arena oh so mm. nice to hear that again people had yeah. not people had stopped saying that you know yeah. Like my my abiding memory, long long term impression from 2019 was that like in April ish, like one of our first home losses that was kind of shocking was against Orlando, and when the final whistle blew, they celebrated like they had won like a cup semifinal or something. Yeah, it was yeah. like a really big. It was a nice, solid, big deal for them to snatch a win. Like three or four months later. Colorado beat us at home and went and got on the plane like it was nothing. And I was that right. that was that was the trajectory of that season. Now I once mean, to again, be fair, that was also like the beginning of the mainstream Armasap movement. Well, no, that's exactly it. it. Yeah. 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 That's exactly it. And I think I think that is what I mean a, maybe a larger theme from all of this, from talking about the energy and experience of being at the field. There is there is a discrepancy from being at the stadium versus maybe what you'll see in the received wisdom about the team in in writing or even just on forums or on Twitter. Although I think it's gotten a little better uh, in in recent years, but um, you know that that yeah, 
that's a good point, Peaches. That Colorado game was the beginning where the fans immediately were like, no, this is not this is not what we're used to. This is not what it should be like. And I was telling Sam during this game that, you know, like our team is like we play super sweaty. <laughs> we just like, you know, like we just we're the assholes who keep going. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> It's nice. Yeah. It's like we already won, but it's like, you know, like we want more. Like we were just trying to like get We used, get our... we used to be like that too. I mean, yeah. I feel like Felipe is like a peak fucking sweaty player. Like yeah. it, so... it almost felt like the players themselves are also like just like starting to be like, oh come on guys, let me start stat padding a little bit here too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's <laughs> you know, the the Jesse quote, that's the difference between five nil and three three. Yeah. I mean yeah. you gotta you gotta, you know keep it up and yeah, not just settle for things, not play down to other teams levels. Just, yeah. I was imagining at the, uh, at halftime of this match that, you know, last week against the sh- Chicago Stuber summed up his speech as saying, you know, you are ready for your first victory. And I was thinking this week, it should be, you are ready for your first blowout. We didn't, we didn't mm-hmm. get all there all the way, but I feel like that kind of felt like the progression of, of things. Yeah. Week to week. Uh, I yeah. Saw- Clark had a had a quote about sort of that late game hustle, like saying you know attributing it to to Gerhard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I only read the quote. I mean, was there was there more context to that that I missed that I missed when he was it talking was, kind of about was that? It was pretty, and like it was it was him voluntarily saying it. Like it wasn't even the premise of the question. It was just mm-hmm. kind of him saying like, you know, yeah. And then then that last twenty minutes. I mean, that's all Gerhard. Um, you know, he he said like you know he's. You know, he's constantly keeping us on our toes, keeping us fired up every day in training. And just, um, you know, it was it was it was not just like, you know, the usual canned like, you know, uh, like, oh, yeah, we're always like striving to be better and like kind of kind of statement. It was a like pretty precise like, yeah, Gerhard is, you know, um, you know, kicking our ass in a good way. Kind of mm-hmm. you know, was the subtext I kind of got. Um, and that, and that, you know, nobody can, you know, take it easy on this team and that that's a good thing. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it just, it all, it seems to be like very good energy again, like not, not trying to like crown ourselves already, but it's just like, um, you know, sitting, sitting, you know, I, I wasn't really, I honestly wasn't really expecting how much more you really kind of do see from the press area. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that I have been getting this season because you do, I mean, being right up on top of the benches and, 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 you know, seeing the players like facial expressions as much as that and shit like that, mm-hmm. where you're getting a lot better sense of kind of the, 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 the human aspect of the game and then, and the, the relationships aspect of it. And there's a ton of affection on the bench and between the coaches and the players and just a lot of, of chemistry and good body language between everybody. And there just seems to be like a real good aura around the team right now. Yeah. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll just see um, okay. how, how, how well they can keep it going and whether, whether, you know, some losses will, will, will interrupt that, but yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to be a little bit messy. How, what about the other team? Oh, the other team. I didn't see, I, I ended up chickening out and not sitting like, right behind toronto like i maybe said i was going to um but uh <laughs> i it was still well yeah if, if you do want to get messy there was it was still enough to see i mean i guess i from what i could tell the tv cameras even caught um some of the delgado substitution and just you know i don't know didn't didn't seem to be a very positive vibe on the other side but you know that's that's toronto's problem 
Yeah. You know, I know a lot of guys uh, play midweek, but some guy, like, I mean, Josie is still out to sit for sickness. And then Orzorio, I guess, was a late sickness. scratch. He, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't on the injury He's report. The but I, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, he was, he was sick of bullshit. Um, I, I, I got, remember oh, like... Yeah, wait, wait, wait. You ready for uh, a view from 202 Gen X Radio Hour? Uh, Josie, <laughs> uh, he has a uh, sickness and the uh, only fever <laughs> is uh, more cowbell. Thank hey. you, thank you, thank you. I'm here all week. Oh, all right. That you just... You just doubled our ratings and view the- from 202 <laughs> gen x radio hour back to you um but i yeah, do remember the box. Get back in the box. <laughs> <laughs> i do remember um like when jesse was here he had that he had that one speech where he was talking about you know like body language we, we talked about earlier like the the difference between like four 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 nil and uh two two um but like the body language was really bad on that other team too like everyone had just like no no qualms about ambition or like yeah they were they were yeah they were kind of like cheesing and like not really like that pissed when things weren't going their way and but also at the same time uh, i mean we knew i mean we know bradley is like a bully and likes to do his whole shtick Mm -hmm. um and that and that was certainly happening but he kind of turned it off um in late later in the second half and just everybody seemed to be kind of checked out yeah I'll move it messy in a, a more petty, individualized direction. Like everyone on Toronto seems to have aged fifteen years since yeah. I last saw them. Like what yeah, the hell is going on? Delion looked like shit. Yeah. 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 yeah, that hairline is, is not, yeah. not great. Peaches, that raises. Like, I've never known if he pronounces it Delion or Delion. De I don't. I've, I've never known. It's. A, it, I feel like it's an in between name. From- He's from Phoenix, so I think I can. He did the accent I would imagine is Delion. Okay. Or like, like, which I imagine is like the trashier, like, pronunciation of it. <laughs> right, right, right. But oh, Gonzalez also didn't look very good. Uh, fucking, who, who else was out there? I don't know. Some, a lot of the guys oh, are, are putatively young, too, but there seems to be some sort of like reverse Dorian Gray painting thing going on yeah. up there. I don't. Oh, it's because they've been living in Florida for so long. It's like sucking the essence out of them. Is that a plot device in Cocoon? I don't know. I've never seen Cocoon, but it sounds like it would fit. But um, yeah, not looking good, Toronto. Like physically, physically, you don't look good, like in a mirror. Um, But Cork, I'll also uh, uh, refute a little bit of what you're saying. I think that um, it is time to crown us, and this is going to solve every single problem issue in my personal life uh my skin's gonna get uh clearer mm-hmm. my uh waistline's gonna get down slimmer um i'm gonna grow three inches uh you're not you you can you can even like take the risk of just like cutting water out of your life completely oh yeah you don't you don't have to hydrate anymore because you have the new york red bulls i'm yeah i'm i'm through the power of struber i'm photosynthesizing actually now so yeah with with you know a, a short payment plan through our view from 202 patreon uh you too can do this now we're on view from 202 zoomer radio hour um but (laughs) yeah i think that the other thing it reminds me of is for morale and all that uh team ball this week went to john tolkien who it it seems like there's been a, a minor sort of mandela effect here where more than one person i've talked to has been like wait i thought he got his debut last year I did, yeah, but apparently not. Apparently, his pro debut. Maybe he made the bench one game. I think he I think did. He, but, he made yeah. the bench. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. 
But no, I, I never remembered him playing. I remember that. Or when I saw him on, I was like, oh, this is our first time seeing John Tolkien. And then I'm, I was like... Look, now that it, we're past it... We, oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, like, now I know that he, he, he plays left back for this system now. Um, oh, earlier we, this... Like, I, I'm not even ashamed to admit it. Earlier this year in the preseason, they're posting photos. They posted a photo and I was like... Who is that? Is that like, are they announcing? Is that Frankie Amaya? Are they announcing Frankie Amaya? It was John Tolkien. I was, I was like, yeah, sorry. I'm just like, now that it's over, I don't feel like I'm belaboring the point that I, I truly do not remember much from last year at all. Like, it's yeah. just, it's really just like really a blur. Um, but congrats to Tolkien. To be honest, you know, we I was already pretty giddy that we were doing so well and not, not didn't pick out his performance individually. Also, he, he had what, like, you know, 10 minutes max. So yeah, yeah he looked all right for the time he was on. He was in yeah. good positions. Good his hair is just like little, uh, he's got to get a haircut could, or just do, some, yeah. do something with it. I'm yeah. gonna... Get a perm or something. If you're going to keep it. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I don't even remember his hair well enough to comment, to be honest. I'm not all the way there to memory recovery. <laughs> apparently, apparently his dad is like a major like rugby big wig. So maybe that's a rugby haircut. Oh, he's, oh he's I could see that. He's actually. crossing the streams. Yeah. I see. Okay. Someone uh, from New Zealand would definitely rock that haircut. <laughs> can, uh, oh, Cameron Harper also got a sub appearance, came out at the same time. I remember he had one nice little turn that seemed like a nice idea, but other than that, not not too much time. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm tempted to segue then to the next week, unless there's any other notes. No, no, we need to talk about Kyle Duncan. Oh yeah, what's on your He's mind? All right. Yeah, I like it. I just like I'm I'm surprised at his continued like success, and it even seems like he's stepping it up a lot. Like defensively, I thought he was actually strong, which um. You know, like he had that one stop against uh, uh, Soltado, which was a uh, really funny um, because it was like his first moment on. Like I remember, Sam and I both saw, it and it was like he he tried it, <laughs> and he uh, yeah. he got yeah, stopped so by tell- Kyle Duncan. Like how good could like- you be if you're getting stopped by Kyle Duncan like that? You know? Yeah, I was gonna uh, say it's it's like it was short, but Soltado sucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know he was like their big signing. I had no idea who that yeah. dude was. I, yeah. had, uh, he, was, he thought he was, he was like, like 12 year old like, <laughs> I was just like hey, is this like is he like one of like the Toronto like second team like yeah. it's like a depth thing Josie's hurt you know whatever uh, but yeah I mean to that point like uh, I thought CCJ also grew into the second half um, and, and mm-hmm. had a good defensive game over uh, on that side of the field as well I think the combination of, of Duncan and CCJ um, the last two games in particular, I thought they did very well on that side. Uh, and then also just like created these pretty wild counterattacks uh, from dispossession. Yeah. I think with Duncan, it's like, a, it's like, cause remember in the, he Duncan was like a mess in the, in the opener against yeah. Kansas city. And uh, it, it was, it was a game where it was a lot of like all the way down to him kind of like messing up a few throw-ins where it was like, some of the basic nuts and bolts stuff he is like bad at and not on the same page with the rest of the team on. Whereas, you know, when that's happened in the past, it's just like lingered and festered. Whereas this time it seems like, you know, obviously we're not on the inside, but just, you know, context clues with like, you know, this team being this coaching staff being so focused on video and Mm -hmm. then in, you know, improving individuals and stuff like that, that this time, yeah, Duncan had some fuck ups in the first game and, 
they actually sat him down in the video room and were like, here, fix this, fix this, mm-hmm. and we'll help you, you know, and it seems like that's kind of happened, you know, whereas I yeah. don't know if that maybe was being addressed um, in previous teams. I think in previous teams, they might have, they were, they just threw Reese Buckmaster out there. So, yeah. Yeah. Or like, I feel like it's, you know, video is definitely the sort of thing that, I feel like it can be worse to do a bad version of tape review than nothing yeah. sometimes. And maybe that's what was happening. Um, that does remind me though. My, my other question, when you mentioned the bench, was there once again, Ibrahim Sakaya on the bench at the first team game this match? Yeah. I mean, he, he appears to be a full like first team coach. Uh, I, I did the one wrinkle that I did notice today or not today um saturday was that uh um he seems to be the translator for the uh portuguese spanish speaking players um for for struber and his staff Hmm. which um i mean i don't know i don't know if that was you know not happening in in previous teams i mean we know that armas didn't really speak spanish i guess there was uh yeah or like and none of the assistants that were just with him would have either but um seem to be Sagaya like, you know, being the go between uh for like Fabio and Caceres and a lot of the rest of the, the the coaches who were, you know, pretty actively giving instructions out. I have noticed like and as another bench note that uh the the coaches were like quieter mm-hmm. in Kansas City and have progressively gotten more chatty and like, you know, barking stuff out as games have gone on. So that's interesting. I don't. I don't think. I. I don't think we'd mentioned Sagai in the previous weeks. I can't remember. But and he still. Ha- he hasn't been announced as a. As a. No, yeah, there wasn't anything like that. But I. And I don't. Maybe. I'm not sure if we've uh, pinpointed whether he's been at the games in Montclair with the reserves, which is his, you know, nominal job. But. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, he theoretically because. Uh, Sakaya was on uh, Salzburg back in the days when Struber was kind of on the periphery of Salzburg uh, back at the end of his playing days. And there's, you know, it wouldn't be crazy if they do kind of know each other and go back. And, you know, maybe it's just, you know, kind of a familiarity thing where, you know, because there was like, there was like a post on the first day of like preseason camp where it was like Struber and Sakaya like working out together. Um, so it's like they might they might go back. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I guess on the on the previous coaching staff, maybe the the Ruizes might have been the oh that's Spanish true. Speakers, yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, no discredit to them. It's probably be- a little better to have like you know your your technical someone on the technical staff. Yeah, who uh, can do it? I guess I I you know I forgot how long. Ibra was in Austria and given that he seems to be a polyglot in general. Yeah. He probably, I imagine he learned German. Uh, man, it's very, very looking at his career. It's very funny that, you know, uh, if he picked up languages everywhere he went, the two varieties of the languages that he picked up would have been Argentine, Spanish, and Austrian German. <laughs> it's like it's almost a shame that like you know we like we're not in Scotland or something for him to pick up Scots. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, well, so 
maybe my question moving forward then um, is building on that note about CCJ, who I do also think had a, a, another consecutive good week, a consistent week, is that looking at planning the midfielder, who I want to see start this next Saturday against Philadelphia away, my hunch, my, my um, you know, just baseline uh you know, desire is to see Drew more and more because I thought he was really good again. Um, but it's it's not easy for me to select who he should go in over. I mean, I guess on on um, at a glance, you know, CCJ would probably be the the um, most immediate guy to replace. But then there's also I I think Drew could do a job maybe at the base of the diamond. Uh, Davis did a pretty solid job and I think has been playing confident, consistent soccer um, so far and doing a good job as captain. But, you know, maybe, maybe CCG's pass, sorry, Drew's passing would be a bit of an upgrade there. But I feel like once the time he's come in, he's been more at the shuttler, sometimes even at the tip. So it's hard for me to say. Um, I don't know. Am I, am I even off base or do, do people disagree about even just wanting to see Drew more if it's, is it should it be more of a if it's not broke don't fix it type of thing this next week? I think Drew could be an upgrade on on Caceres, to be honest. Um, I continue. I mean, while he's been good for sure, um, and and you know, obviously playing his role in the system and the coaches seem to like what he's doing. I just continue to see there's so many, and maybe this is just like uh, something that the. the uh, that Struber is accounting for and and has the team spaced out to have this happen and or, or to to control when this happens. But there's so many times where he breaks out on the right side from that shuttler role with the ball and just doesn't have the tools to really do much with it. Um, he's just doesn't have like the explosive burst of speed to start dribbling past guys. Isn't quite subtle on enough on the ball to do sort of like you know combinations in tight spaces. I just he ends up just turning it around every time he gets on one of these breakouts. But, um, and I just think, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily sold that Yearwood would necessarily do a lot better there, but, um, I think, uh, you know, it's maybe worth trying. Yeah. I think if you're going to try and put Yearwood in the, in the starting 11, that you maybe put him in that right shuttler role that Caceres is in at the moment. Um, because I think, with Davis, yeah, like you said, Brett, um, sometimes the passing leaves a little bit to be desired. And I think that is another area that could maybe be like, you know, like Caceres's breakouts could be an area where, you know, the team could be upgraded by better personnel as time goes on. But I also think watching these first few weeks of the season that Davis is playing like a pretty serious kind of spiritual, emotional role in the team mm-hmm. um, is very much like you know, an important leader and organizer out there. And you can see it, you know, week in, week out. And um, I think it's, uh, I think you're taking a lot of risk by removing that from the team right now. And I don't think, I don't think the coaching staff is going to do it. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's something that will, you know, I I think it's something both that will continue to be and, you know, something that should be monitored as the year goes on, because obviously if he ends up not being good enough in some of those other departments, he's not good enough. And, you know, it is what it is, but I think right now what's outweighing maybe his technical shortcomings is, you know, his, you know, just maturity and, and leadership skills. I mean, sometimes that stuff can be 
kind of overrated, but in the way this team is set up right now and the team that's trying a team that's trying to coalesce right now, I think his role is incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. I tend to think that, or I, I just be worried. I think that when we've seen Drew come on the past two weeks, it's been for what, Frankie Maya um, when the subs are made both times. Not that he's playing that role, but what I've noticed and I really feel is that players like CCJ have worked, or like CCJ especially has worked really well with Drew together. Um, obviously, I don't want to lose like what we get with the counter press from Caden Clark. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe like Davis is the the one that might be the most fit to to switch him yeah. out with, you know, because he's adding a lot of like glue stuff as a player too, which you know might offset this you know like leadership thing that you're saying that Davis I I agree with has um, with this team, but you know he he's really elevated the play of CCJ when he's on, and I think that's a large reason why we're seeing him succeed a lot too um, in terms of the way that we're seeing him play. Mm. I think Davis. Or I guess this could apply to both Davis and CCJ. I mean, I think on paper, Yearwood is a better player. Um, but I, I don't know. There's a couple things. I mean, the first thing is I, I really like how wrong I'm being about like my takes on on Davis uh, a few weeks ago. Like he's he's really I think proven in the last two games in particular that he you know provides tremendous value on the field. Um, and he had a pretty good game. Uh, you know, I hope it continues uh, when we play uh, like better teams like Philly, New England, you know, uh, who, who we're going to be playing a couple times in the next month or so. Uh, it's going to be more tests in that midfield, which I think will be a very good thing for him. Uh, but I really like the direction that he's heading in. Uh, and it kind of goes against what I said previously, which is great. Um, uh, but, and I think also, you know, with CCJ, uh, he's 21 years old, right? So like he, he's, he's still really young and there's still a lot of molding to be done. Um, and I think there's still a lot of, they promise uh, and a lot of good signs on the field already. Um, so while the like the right pass might not be there, like the touch might be a bit too heavy. Uh, I don't think that you know more minutes in that position are only you know it's only going to be a good thing for him. Um, uh, and I think that he's on a good trajectory as well. Uh, but at the same time, like like Yearwood on paper is I think a better player uh, than I think either of those two in those respective positions. Um, mm-hmm. so it, it is kind of painful to see him on the bench so often. Um, uh, but it, you know, it's a good problem to have. And one that we haven't yeah. had in a while is, you know, this like actual substantial depth, uh, which will be tested you know, throughout the season. Yeah, that's true. The, the number one thing that CCJ really needs is just that consistency, you know, being played in the same He's position, with clear instructions, three weeks in a row, two, two weeks in a row, I don't know, three weeks in a row ish is uh is just is really key and then you know to cork's point as well i think you know maybe maybe i've i've uh probably uh been unfair in 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 accidentally framing this as sort of like a problem to solve when it's not it's not really a problem to solve it's the the premise was i want to see more drew does that mean that we need to see that we need to change any of the four guys no and well we you know i i have no idea i i think you i think you're i think what you're saying is you want arson wenger's next decree to be from his balcony mm-hmm. is to say there it needs to be 12 men on the field so that yep. New York Red Bulls can have Drew and mm-hmm. Sean and Christian on the field at the same time. 
Yes, exactly. And then Wenger goes into his salon for another 18 months until the next two days. <laughs> does, does not even wait around to see what the reaction is. Um, exactly. Uh, yeah. The um, So the other, the other personnel is, you know, I, I think I, I figured out who else is here besides the four of us. Patrick. Did you guys hear that? Patrick. Patrick is Patrick. here. Patrick is here. Hello. Hello, Patrick guys. Here. Hello, guys. <laughs> Patrick. Hello, guys. Is here. Hello, guys. <laughs> Patrick is here. Matthias Jorgensen is not here. Patrick is here, though. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play, but he's here. They made a point. They're, they're giving us the fan service. Hat tip to you folks out there, the, the, the brave soldiers of Red Bull's New York uh, uh, communications team, giving us the red meat we so, we so need. Patrick is here. Uh, and he he's beautiful. Um, I, I as I said already, I have no idea if he's going to play. But hey, it'd be really neat to see him at least in the eighteen. Um, but other than that, I mean, I to Sam's point about it being a good problem to have. We also don't really we don't really have too many. Um, we don't have a very Wait, severe we'll problem. Before it, we move on from the midfield, I just want to say one thing. Someone that, like I overheard someone saying something at the arena, and then I was like, "Wow, Florian Velo is still on this team." That's a good point. But, but that's he's injured, so... That also right. reminded me... Like... I, I've botched this as well, because this, this talk also reminded me of a great, a great tweet that I, uh, I uh, found this street from a real, real uh, you know, um, Diamond in the Rough account. Uh, it, goes, uh, here, it goes like this. Here's a name some of the older Red Bulls fans out there might remember. Yuba <laughs> Diara. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, who wrote that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but it is funny thinking that <laughs> week one, I was like, what the fuck is Yuba Diara? Are, are, no, the only holding midfielder we have? Uh, no, it, 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 things seem much, much uh, less dire or less severe or pointy than that. Um, but theoretically, he will be fit again. Um, but yeah, up, up top, I think we have a similar situation, though, where none of our none of our striker pairings with fabio have been bad really it's hard to complain too much about them i mean look we scored two goals in every single game except the very first one um which is remarkable for a team that for most of that didn't have a lot of its first choice personnel like a a solid third i would say or or close to first choice personnel and is in like basically preseason scoring goals has you know, I think we're exiting preseason now-ish, so to speak. Scoring goals has not been a problem. It's hard for me to complain too much about any of the the striker pairings. Love to see a bit of Klimala, but provided that we don't know yet exactly who is uh, fit, what what would you like to see with Fabio here? This is partially motivated by a point in that that really great tactical analysis make, analysis making the rounds by. Uh, David Cellini, he pointed out that White was doing really great holdup work, which is something that I had not really noticed or, or thought about. It's made me think maybe I've been giving him an unfair shake. So, so what do you guys think about the the strike pairing coming into this weekend? Uh, well, I would say to the to that specifically to that White point, um, that I think that explains to me that I feel like when Royer came in, we were missing something, and that's not something that Royer necessarily like. The way that White does hold up 
um, I think benefits kind of his partnership with Fabio more. And that like, it, it felt like we were missing some linkage once Royer came in, in a way, even though he did play really, really well, um, which I'm astounded that I continue to keep saying every week. Um, but you know, <clears throat> like it, it he, he I, I I agree that like the the way that our strike partnership was set up this week kind of like worked um even if Brian White might not necessarily be himself the the danger in that attack. Mm-hmm. Provide if everyone's fit, who do we go with? I don't know. I mean, especially considering that Philadelphia, including including Klimala. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe that's maybe that's a another maybe better question is is do you do you think is Klimala more like uh Frankie than he is Andres Reyes you know if if he's physically fit to some degree are we just gonna see him is that is that plausible I think it seemed like they just threw Fabio out there um yeah which you know Fabio uh even has the language barrier that Klimala seems to have less of so um yeah I mean uh i would expect to see him see him pretty quickly i mean it sounds like it sounds like from when edwards touched down to being available selection was also like a pretty quick turnaround so i think we might um see that happen right. with Lamal here too so. although i guess that's i guess sort of my next question then is that you know edwards edwards had the spiel struber had the spiel about edwards that you know he, he needs another week or, or two for like the tactical principles so to speak, is Klimala going to need that? I mean, I, I don't know. The, the the demands of the striker position are not, um, it's not so simple. I, I don't know. I, I, right. I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he only gets a sub appearance or something. But Yeah, that's probably, that's probably the case. Yeah. But, um, but got, he's, he is here, the most important thing. Of course. Yeah. I've got 522. May twenty second kind of circled on my calendars. Maybe maybe that's when we get a get to see a full Klimala or or significant Klimala. But um yeah, I mean I think the other the other context to keep in mind for this matchup is of course that Philadelphia is now under Ernst Tanner, probably the closest club um in terms of looking like us in MLS now. Um Admittedly, it's been a while since I've had to really seriously think about matchups and an opponent and not just like, you know, getting out of our own way and just existential dread of the zone. <laughs> so I'm a little out of practice for how to think about it. But I mean, I don't know, like, are, are, is, are there preparations that different preparations that we need to take to play basically another Red Bull team? or Or can we approach it similarly as we do the other matches or are we still just in semi preseason and it's all sort of moot i don't know i guess uh i guess philly well so philly is still in champions league um and has been in champions league um in the early weeks so that's you know obviously going to be impacting how you know gung-ho they are for league games um and they haven't been doing very well in league games so far mm-hmm. so that's i guess kind of my grain of salt for for discussing how they've they've done so far but um even beyond that though they lost uh they lost mckenzie they lost aronson um some you know some major hitters for them 
And, uh, you know, maybe there is a little bit of a, of a, you know, kind of adjustment that they have to go through right now um, on top of having the extra workload. Um, and they're also going to be playing midweek um, in MLS this week, not even just Champions Yeah, League. it's so, curious that they've got the midweek MLS game when usually at this time of year they give the CCL teams yeah. a bye. I mean, like Toronto got right. one. Right, yeah, it's kind of bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, I would be kind of pissed if I was a Philly fan, but I'm not, so fuck them. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, so, yeah, they – it's maybe yeah like you're saying brit it's it's definitely you know the closest uh kind of cousin to our you know tactical and technical approach um but there there may be uh you know further away from their you know um you know what they know to be their their best team right now than we are or maybe they're about as far as we are because they're they're having to do some adjustments and and integrate some new players too. So, um, but again, theoretically, theoretically speaking, they were fucking terrible. But um, <laughs> Chicago, Chicago was supposed to be a pressing team, um, and that was supposed to be their kind of uh, approach. And uh, we didn't necessarily see a ton of space in in that game. So I don't know. It'll, it's kind of hard to gauge. Um, how well we'll do against Philly, but um, you know, I guess that's just sort of sort of the context I give for um, you know what it could be like going up against a team that's less likely to fall back against us. Yeah, I mean Toronto. I, I uh, Toronto, I guess, was doing a half-ass version of a press too, but I think Philly will be a more holistic version of both you know Toronto and Chicago. In that yeah, respect. I've I've realize now looking at the looking into the schedule thing that the CCL semifinal that they've qualified for to play against Club America uh is scheduled for August. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. August 10th through 12th for the first leg, September 14th through 16th through the second leg? Are you shitting me? And then the this final is, is October 26th. I, I, oh my god! I thought that Google might have been just fetching the wrong info yeah. at first, but I've now found like two different it on seasons. the website. It's I mean, like the season, the the gap in CCL seasons even before COVID was already so severe. You know, like yeah, <laughs> Pumas won. I mean, I guess last season was probably exacerbated by COVID too. But Pumas won like the the or got top of the table for the Apertura, I think, last year. Um, and they qual when they did that, they qualified for like the 2022 <laughs> CCL yeah. or something like like a full two and a half seasons later or something. Um, yeah, that's that's severe. But Philly I mean, is in a weird old spot too. When we yeah. did group stages and stuff, like that was I still mean, like a little bit far off. It like, was, but be at different least teams entirely for like the knockout stages in the group stages that would be weird how, how yeah. for mls in particular you you one team would play a group stage and the next year would play the other um particularly this year was made particularly weird by the fact that atlanta got in on the 2019 <laughs> open cup which you know there wasn't really an easy solution for that i don't really begrudge it's not like oh atlanta cheated whatever but it, it's just sort of funny because Atlanta really had no business winning that 2019 Open Cup either. So it was just like they were so far from being a good team. You know, it's like what what is going on? But 
Philly, I think, are in a weird spot, actually, because like last year they they kind of like did it right last year. Like they finally like, you know, they they guess they won the shield technically, um, but like no one seems to really remember that. And then they fizzled out in playoffs against, you know, who cares, whatever. And then they lost so many of their guys. And now it's like now they're saddled with all this match congestion. And like they, they seem to be in a weird quantum space between like finally being a good team now, but also like no one, you know, being the, the tree in the forest that fell over and no one was really there to see it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe this is going to be a weird time for them. It, I feel like there are two things that go on with Philly. Um, is that one one is that every time Philly plays us, they seem to actually do get up for it a little bit or like we have a very difficult games against them that's a good point though but maybe that will maybe that will be a casualty of them growing up a little bit maybe maybe them being a little bit less of a little brother will mean that they don't feel the need to do that for these yeah what other problems do they even have those are both good points yeah this is it for them i'm not sure of that peaches it's it's just you know maybe i don't know (laughs) but i mean like i'm I'm always like philly i feel like we have an outsized uh, realization of what philly's capable of because they're closer to their capability when they play us typically than when seemingly when they play other teams um but you know like i like that's something i'm concerned about but like also in the current time i'm i'm you know still worried about how we're going to play out of the back against maybe like an actual team who has um players with uh, positional discipline and you know like uh mm. actual pressing triggers and stuff like that you know because um i, I don't know if we're clean enough yet but and this is going to be a way too um so it'll yeah. be an interesting test for the team um and interesting to see what i think struber thinks of the season in general and how we're going to approach it like i think this is what that game is kind of setting itself up to be a little bit isn't it a home game? Sorry. Yeah, yeah I think it's... Oh, what? It is home? Yeah, what? it is at home. Oh, Actually, so. Larry, Larry Henry from, from SBI, who is like the Philly SBI guy, corrected me on that uh, when I tried to tell him that I was going to come visit him in Philly next weekend. So, yeah. Mm. Um, it's oh, three, like three game homes, man. Yeah. I huh. swear that I read something, like the, the presser or... or Press release said something about like, you know, our two game homestand or something. But maybe this is just a, a, you know, Mandela effect minefield here. I hate that that became the name because the the Mandela one makes note is very weak to me. They should have named it after the the Berenstein Bears. Berenstein Bears, yeah. Much stronger case. No, okay, I'm looking at it now. It says Subaru Park. Does it? Yeah. Wow, we're all. Where are you you looking? NewYorkRedBulls.com. Slash schedule, five fifteen. Yeah, no, we. Uh, it, 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 I only trust game. it when it's on Arsenal dot com. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I don't know. I, I either way. I guess one one concrete thing I will. Uh, football I has on. it. Football has it in Harrison. Huh. I wonder what happened there. What the fuck? Yeah, is football still listing Cornell as Miguel? Yes. Mm. I love it. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to check in on what they're calling CCJ and, nowadays. They call oh, CCJ, CCJ is just junior. It's still junior. Yeah. It's just junior. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's always something different. Um, 
Christian C. Jr. <laughs> it's like, I don't, it doesn't even make sense to me, like, you know, like, data entry-wise, but okay. <laughs> um, one thing I can land on is that this is a game where it, it, if we get a draw away, I'll be like, great. Mm-hmm. That's, I think this is the first game on the schedule. Eh, maybe LA was like that, but, you know, it, I'll, I'll be like, okay, that's good. Professional result. Obviously love to win, but if we get a good hard fought draw get a point bring it home hey i'll take that especially since we're playing you know we're playing new england week after who look to be a competent if maybe you know not spectacular but very competent team that could very easily take points off of us this season i will i will certainly take a point but yeah any other any other thoughts going into philly either maybe we'll just play in trenton split the difference (laughs) yeah right in the middle yeah The only thing I was going to say is that uh, it looks like Elsino is injured, um, which is you know pretty cr- pretty big. Uh, yeah, but we also even... don't have Connor Laid this year. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, Elsino has taken down the whole team. Like it, it wasn't just Connor Laid, <laughs> uh, but but he 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 will be sidelined with an injury. Um, so I'm going to be like honest. That. I'm. I'm surprised that he's still there. I, I would have. Yeah, he's like 35. He's been there forever. I would have thought he would be, you know, a uh, Tanner or Ernst Tanner uh, churn guy. I don't know. Well, good for him. You know what I'd love to see is if if this is in the away game, which I've, I guess hasn't been confirmed yet from us. Um, it looks like it looks like it's a fucking away game. I don't know. I don't know why a literal. <laughs> I don't know why Foot Mob and a literal Philadelphia reporter both told me it's in Philadelphia. But go figure. Yeah. Well, you should make it a bit, and then just tell the reporter that you're looking forward to meeting with him at the stadium. Yeah, exactly. And then just like yeah, carry it all the way through Saturday night. Yeah. yeah. This is yeah. It's it's like a Kevin Finnerty thing, you know. So it's, it's somewhere lost in the ether between the two. But the game is going to be in Costa Mesa. Yes, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually what that's my vision of Carson anyway. So. <laughs> Um, right. So if it is an away game, I'd be interested to see, which I guess it is. Um, if, you know, like if we're able to still do that thing where we make other teams give up, but at their own home stadiums, that'd be sick. You know, like I'd love that. Yeah. Yep. Also, it's, well, it seems more likely that would happen with fewer fans there too. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think Philly still has similar um, restrict fan restrictions as a, uh, we do so also I, I think i saw somebody saying around like assume like posting assuming that like you know red bull arena will go up to 50 percent when like new jersey does across the board uh i won't say anything's confirmed but i'll just say don't do not assume that i don't think that's that that's not an automatic assumption because remember the the stuff to keep like six feet between everyone so like six feet between everyone at you know, MetLife can be like maybe like 30,000, 40,000 people. I don't know. But like at RBA, like, you know, there's constraints. So just don't, just a FYI, PSA. Don't yeah, assume I noticed that the, the spacing between the seats too. Also like the part, like dealing with party sizes and how many people there are is um, obviously like part of how you, you know, like, because I was assigned to a, like a one person area because obviously I'm my own pod, but there are obviously like four people sections and like the way that they divided up is very interesting. Oh, I didn't even realize it was that granular because when I took yeah. Nando's ticket, I guess it was in a four person group. So 
Interesting. Well, time flies when there's good results to talk about. And uh, we've gone longer than I realized. But it, do we want to wrap up and add any other notes about either our win over Toronto FC or our game against Philadelphia or just the general fact that Patrick is here? I I uh, think I Patrick agree that Patrick is here. Is here. Yeah. I think I don't, I don't think that's disputable. I would agree that Patrick is here. Mm. On a scale of one to five, I would say Patrick is here. I've never had an easier episode title than this week. Is he here? Is he here? It's like it's like a, a I'm gonna do like a, a Doctor Zayas uh, rendition of Patrick is here. He's here. He is here. He is here. <laughs> I can strike. All right, moving on. Uh, see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Alex.